talk about the blessing of an interruption. The blessing of an interruption. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Are you thankful for that? Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But when they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Is there anybody in the room grateful for that promise today? Maybe we could put our hands together and say, God, thank you for that promise. Come on, man. That sounds like a little golf clap. I need a, we're in the house of the Lord. The presence of God is here. I didn't just hit a good chip shot. Come on, we read from Scripture. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity today. We thank you that we're here. We thank you for this incredible group of people that are here to honor you, to love you, to, to bend our knee and to bend our heart and to bow our heads in your presence, to declare our desperate need for you. Uh, this is a weekend where we, we talk about the declaration of independence, but here in this room today, we're actually declaring our dependence on you. We are not independent of you. We need you. We might be free from the British, but we never want to declare our independence from you, God. We need you in our lives, and we thank you for strengthening us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. I don't know how, how good you've been at taking uh, the opportunity that we've had over the last couple months, and I say it that way uh, because every obstacle in my mind, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a person who kind of sees like the, the cup half, you know, full type person. And, uh, so I see this, this very real obstacle in our lives as an opportunity. So when I say that, I, I'm wondering maybe how have you really taken advantage of this opportunity that you've been given over the past couple months? How have you taken advantage of this pause or this break or this interruption in your life? I think it's very important to take advantage of the interruptions in our lives. I think sometimes we look at a pause or a delay as a denial. We look at when things are on hold in our lives and we often, we often get uh, a little bit frustrated. We can get a little bit angry with God. We can question where he is, what he's doing, what are you actually up to in the earth? But I think a pause is actually a really good thing. And I want to give you just a couple things today, maybe, maybe three at the most, that I think will help you take advantage of this pause, of this interruption, whatever you want to call this season of your life. I want to give you three, maybe four, maybe five, maybe six. I don't know how far we're going to get today. But just a few things that I think we can do that are really going to help us make the most of this time in our lives. Because I don't want to get to the end of all of this and look back and say, man, <laughs> what did I do with all of that time that I had? What did I do? First thing I think we need to do during a time of interruption, I think it's the perfect time to reflect. 
This weekend is actually a weekend of reflection where we look back and we look across our history and we talk about our freedoms and we reflect about what God has done for us and in our country and in our nation. And I think anytime you have a layoff or you have a pause or you have a halt or you you get disrupted or a break in your life, some sort of interruption gives you the opportunity to really reflect, to look back, to learn from your life. Do you know your life is actually a book? <laughs> your, your life is a book full of chapters. It's full. Your life is one of the greatest stories ever told. It really and truly is. And you have all of these things that have happened in your past. You have so much in front of you, but of all of these things that have happened in your life that serve as an opportunity for you to reflect on how far God has brought you. The things that you have learned, the things that you have succeeded in, and also the things that you have failed in. And there are just a few ways to reflect. First of all, you can think. Think back over some events that, that, def- that define your life, some moments in your life where, where not only did, did maybe you succeed or you fail, but those were also moments where God showed himself to be only who he could be in your life. How many of you have made some mistakes in your life? How many of you have made some, had some success in your life? You've done some, actually, you've done some things right. Like, I know for me, it's very rare, but man, I've had some successes and I have had some failures. But I want to tell you the common thread through all of it is God has been faithful in my life. If it was good, it was God. If it was bad and I didn't fall apart, it was God. Come on, even when I fell apart, if he put me back together, it was God. It wasn't me. And so this is an awesome opportunity for you to look back over your life and to to think about the faithfulness of God. Psalm 72 and 12 says, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. See, this isn't an opportunity for you to reflect about all of the stuff you did. No, no, no. This is an opportunity for you to reflect on all of the things that God has done. Because if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you would not be here today. And you might not like the total condition that you are in today, but you are here today. You are in this room today, or you are watching online today. You could be dead right now. You could be in a grave right now. You could be in a hospital bed right now. You could be out of your mind right now. But God was faithful to you. Can somebody in the room? say amen and give God some praise that when I look back over my life it's been a series of God's faithfulness faithfulness my life is a story of God's faithfulness it's it's all it is it's a story of God's faithfulness so I can think and I can thank so when I when I think about the goodness of God what it does is it causes it causes gratitude to erupt in my heart and so my heart starts to become grateful for all of the things that God has done. Psalm 9 and 1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. See, what we do with our past is we forget our past. We forget the mistakes that we've made. We even humble ourselves and say even the successes we had were from God. One thing we don't forget about the past is the God who was faithful to us in the past. 
If I'm going to look at my past, I'm going to look at the faithfulness of God. I'm not, I'm not going to look at my mistakes. I'm not going to look at my successes. I'm going to look at the faithfulness of God. If I'm going to be grateful for anything today, it's going to be the goodness of God. And so I think about it. I thank God for it. And then I, I tell people. I said this earlier. I'm going to give you this whole, whole quote. But Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. Think about that. So I don't pass on my faith, my freedoms, in my bloodstream. I pass it on through my life, my actions, and my, my words. So I, I, I don't just take a praise break for myself when I think about the goodness of God. But I look in the eyes of my kids and I tell them, hey, everything we have came from God. I want you to understand this. Nothing good about our lives has anything to do with me. Everything good about our lives has to do with God. And I want you to understand that so that when you get successful or when you fail, it's going to be God that sustains you and helps you get through. And you know what you got to do? You got to tell your kids so they'll tell their kids. Because Judges tells us in Judges 2, chapter 10, it tells us that Joshua died. And then after all of the people connected to him died, the Bible says there came a generation up that did not remember and did not know the mighty acts of God. And the Bible says, and because of that, they started to commit evil deeds in the earth. We have to tell our kids and our grandkids about the God we serve. I think so often we're so concerned with making sure the world knows the good news of the gospel. But man, we got to make sure our family knows. We've got to make sure that it is, it is just a part of our kids' nature to say God did it. God was faithful. When our kids graduate high school and you say congratulations, you say thank God. God did it. Sometimes I think if we're not careful, if we're, if we're not careful to tell our kids how much God has done for us, they'll start to think that we did it for them. And then when they succeed, they'll start to think that they are the reason for their success. But can we be honest? Can anyone in the room with a little bit of gray hair turn back to some kids today and say, hey, if it had not been for the Lord, I would be out of my mind. But God has been faithful to me. So, so I, I think about it and then I, I'm grateful for it. But I don't just keep that gratitude in. I tell everybody I, I can tell about how good God has been to me. So it's a great time. An interruption is a great time to reflect on the faithfulness of God. Reflection gives you better perspective. Reflection is so important in perspective because when, when you think about where you were and where you are, I say this all the time, you may not be who you want to be, but you are definitely not who you used to be. It gives you great perspective on where you actually are in your life. I, there's a television show I really like, and uh, 
there's, there's this character, Kevin Costner plays this, this character. He plays like this, uh, this ranch uh, hand. He's, it's called Yellowstone. It's just, it's just out in the middle of nowhere where I just want to go right now. Does anybody just feel like Wyoming is a great place to be right now? Like Montana, let's just go to all this. I'll go to Montana and start a church. But I got friends that have a church in Montana. I'm praying for them. I'm just like, please invite me out and let me just, we'll switch for a little bit. Um, but but I, I love this show and uh, this is about family and it's about, it, it's, it's, it's also like gangster too. It's, yeah. So it's like, it helps fill all of those little needs in my life. And uh, remember that revenge one we were talking about a couple, but there's this, there was this, there was this scene recently in an episode where uh, he's, he's talking to some people around a fire and he starts to talk about his wife and his wife had died years ago. He starts to tell this story about his wife and one of his kids and he gets overwhelmed by the story, and so he walks away from the campfire, and he walks over to the tent, and his son gets up, and he walks over to him. And he, he's like, Dad, you okay? And, and, and he goes, you know, sometimes he said, sometimes I want to believe there's a plan. I want to believe there's some plan in our lives that God has some sort of plan for all this. He said, but, man, I just can't see it. And his son turned to him and said, Dad, it's, it's impossible to see the plan when you're standing in it. And, and a pause gives you an opportunity to step back and to reflect on the overall plan. See, sometimes when you're in the middle of life, you can't see life. <laughs> sometimes when you're right in the middle of the plan of God, you can't see the plan of God because you're right in the middle of it. And a pause, an interruption gives you an opportunity to step back and look over what God has done in your life. And you see, my God, if he didn't leave me then, if he had a plan for me when I was in outright rebellion against him, he's got a plan for me and my family today. Come on, is there anybody thankful for a God who has a plan for your whole life? I'm thankful for that. It's also an opportunity for us to renew so we can reflect and we can renew. Psalm 138 says, when I cried out for help, you answered me. You made me bold and you energized me. So those that wait upon the Lord, that's, that's the pause. That's the pause because what do we try to do? We try to walk, run, and fly without waiting. We're just kind of, <laughs> and God's like, no, you got you to have moments of pause. You got to have moments of interruption. I don't know how theologically accurate this is right here, this thing I'm about to tell you, because I've heard this all my life, and I just don't know if God works this way. But have you ever had somebody come to you and say, hey, um, you know, uh, so you had, a, you had an injury, right? Okay, so you, you broke your leg or you hurt your arm, and it, it made you, you had to sit still for a few weeks. And they come to you and say, hey, maybe, have you ever thought that maybe God allowed this or did this so that you would just stop? You ever heard somebody say that? Or, or they say it, like, you know, I, I, I got this injury right now, but, you know, I think God might have allowed this just so I would just sit down. And I don't know how theologically accurate that is, but I do believe that God will use pauses in our lives to cause us to be renewed in our strength. Because sometimes we don't know how to pause ourselves. 
I think God will allow circumstances to happen so that there's just a natural pause that occurs in our lives. And maybe right now we are in a pause that God didn't throw out of heaven, but he's using right now, right? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? To, to get our attention just a little bit so that he can renew our strength. Maybe the fight that we're fighting in front of us right now is not the real fight. Maybe, God, if we, if we would take this time to really renew and to pause and stop talking so much and stop tweeting so much and stop Facebooking so much and just sit and pause and just listen and, 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 and just, just hear for a minute, maybe, maybe this would be an opportunity for us to renew our strength instead of waste our strength. Maybe, maybe just suggesting this, maybe God is using this pause to renew us, to strengthen us for the days ahead. Watch the progression in Isaiah 40. If you watch the progression, maybe, maybe this is the way life is supposed to be lived. He says, he says that in this progression, he says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I would think it would be the other way around. I would think you would start with walking and lead up to flying. But I think God is teaching us a progression in our lives. If we'll wait on him, he'll get us to a place in our life. We don't need to fly. We don't need to run. We... We can just walk through it. If you look at the life of Jesus, you really look at a life that was never rushed. He had 33 years to do what he needed to do and really only went at it for the last three and a half years of his life. But he accomplished everything that God gave him to do. And he was never rushed. He was constantly interrupted if you look at the life of Jesus he's constantly on his way somewhere and somebody else grabs him and grabs his attention away from where he's going matter of fact Jesus gets 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 requested to come to someone's house one day and while he's on the way to someone's house he gets interrupted and and while he is interrupted the person that he was going to deal with dies they were sick but now they're dead because of the interruption And they come and they're like, hey, listen, don't even bother Jesus anymore. They're dead. See, sometimes an interruption can make you feel like everything in your life was put on, to, put on hold. Maybe even that it flatlined. But what if the interruption is God teaching you how to walk, not fly? How to walk, not run? How to rest? not rush. Could that be possible? You know, what I, you know what I notice that this whole thing has done for me? It has brought things to the surface in my attitude and in my mindset that because of the rush of life I never dealt with. And I just kept pressing under the surface. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? And I'm, I'm starting 
to realize that what God was dealing with in my life, this is one thing in particular, probably the overreaching theme of God's dealing with me during this season. He's been dealing with me about worry. And nothing has brought to the surface that part of me that wants to worry like what we've been going through the past few months. I've been worried about, you know, is, are, are people going to get sick? Should, should we come back to the church? Should we, should we not? Should I make everybody wear a mask? Should I, should I, am I saying too much? Am I saying, am I, am I not saying enough about race? Am I, am, am I, am I making people leave? Do people hate me right now? Do people, what do people think about me? And so there's that, that part of me that wants to worry about what other people think, that part of me that wants to worry about my life, that wants to worry about my future, man, that's right at the surface right now. And God is teaching me that, that, that the pause was meant to deal with my worry. Because worry is the enemy's way of making me pay interest on something I don't even own. It's like a rocking chair at Cracker Barrel. It moves, but it's not going anywhere. And worry has been robbing me and other people in this room. Maybe it's not worry for you. Maybe it's something else, but it's been brought to the surface during this time. And God is saying, I want to renew you in that area. I want to renew your strength. First Corinthians chapter 15 and 10, Paul says something very interesting. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, he said, I worked harder than all of them. Who he's talking about is the other apostles. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. I want to learn how to work harder, but in God's strength and not my strength. I think what God is trying to teach us during the time is not just work, how to work harder, but how to work smarter. Think about it. For many of us in our lives, there were a lot of things that we were doing and we had to put it on pause during this time. And we realized, why was I even doing that? Because it wasn't necessary to the true function of my life. So the pause gets us to, to renew our strength. But not only renew our strength, but renew our minds. Retrain our focus. As, as the pace of life increases, your focus has to, has to increase. And so when life is moving at you at 100 miles an hour, you are moving at 100 miles an hour. And it's hard to maintain focus when you are moving so fast. Have you ever been running or you ever been driving or have you ever just lost focus and you just had to calm down, close your eyes and re just kind of settle yourself? And that's what God is doing for us right now. He is retraining our focus. He's renewing our minds. And I think sometimes in the world we live in, we look at speed and we think speed is efficiency. Fast is efficiency. Fast is the only way to get it done. And God is like, I need to slow you down because you have lost focus of what really and truly matters in your life. And you have added all of these things to your life that I never wanted you to add to your life. And you are drained of your strength and you are drained of your vitality because you're doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter to you and to your eternity and to your future. 
And so let me put it all on pause so that you can look and you can get your focus back so that you can determine what you really need to do moving forward with your life. There were some things we were doing as a church that we were just not, they just weren't necessary. Just weren't necessary. Things that we had been, they were on repeat. Events and things and stuff. And it's just on repeat because it's what you do. Every, you just, you just, you just, and you never take time. That's why we all have a drawer with clutter in it. A closet that we don't want anybody to go into. Because when we're running at this breakneck speed, who has time to, to focus on that? We don't, we don't know where we put stuff. We're moving so fast we can't remember where we put our keys, where we put our wallets. Moving so fast, life is so frantic. Where, what did I, where did the time go? Where did the, and many of us are in our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, and our 60s, and we're like, where did my life go? How am I 60 years old? And God is saying, take this pause and retrain your focus. Get your eyes on the right things. I would say, first of all, get your eyes on the right thing. Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your, of your faith. Think about this, your life and my life, it's, <laughs> it's ran by, it's dictated by notifications, buzzes, beeps. Some of us don't know how to feel our phone buzz without looking at it. It dictates. It tells us what to do, where to go, when to be there, how to. Isn't Montana's just looking better every single second, isn't it? God is, is bringing, think about it. One of, the most, one of the most relaxing things that you've been able to do because you've, you've not had so much else to do during this time. Take walks. Be outside. Last night was unbelievable. I don't know if you live uh, out in the middle of nowhere or if you live in a community. I live surrounded by a lot of other houses. I've lived there for three years. I lived in the previous neighborhood I was in for eight years. And I never heard the sounds on July 4th like I heard last night. Why? Because they canceled the fireworks in Johnson City. Isn't it funny? So many of us, we've, we've been driving and all gathering around somebody else doing fireworks for us for years. And if we wanted to see them, we were going to have to do them for ourselves yesterday. So my, I don't know about you, but the sky in my neighborhood was unbelievable last night. It just kept, lights were just going off everywhere. And it's, it's never been that loud, that consistently loud in my life. Saw a guy yesterday, 
he was trying out for a talent show. Kids were watching this yesterday. And when he gets up, he tells all of the people, the judges on the panel, he says, I've, I've been interviewing you guys for my whole career. But he said, one day, he said, I thought, I'm interviewing these people. I'm talking to them about all the things they've accomplished. And I realized that, that I haven't fulfilled any of my dreams. I've only been interviewing people that are fulfilling their dreams. Maybe... This is God giving you the opportunity to step back just a little bit. And some of the stuff you lost was just fluff. And God is saying, now let's fulfill the real dream that I put in your heart. Trying to retrain your focus. It gives you an opportunity to better use your time, your resources. It gives you an opportunity to prepare for the thing you've been praying for gives you an opportunity to increase your knowledge. It gives you an opportunity to reorganize, to change. Mark chapter 2 is an incredible portion of Scripture. talks about how God wants to do something new in our lives, but God doesn't take an... He he doesn't take a new piece of, of garment, a new cloth, and put it on an old garment. And He doesn't take new wine and put it into old wineskins. Because if you put that new piece of cloth on an old garment, it will tear away from the old garment and it will destroy both. And if you put new wine into an old wineskin, you'll lose the new wine because the new wine will explode and burst open the old wineskin. What if this is an opportunity for us to be prepared for the thing that we've been praying our whole lives for? What if God has been waiting to give us what he has for us? It's, It's not that God doesn't have it. It's that sometimes he just won't give it because if he gives it, it will destroy us because we're not ready for the thing we've been asking for. What if this time we are in right now is an opportunity for us to prepare our lives and prepare a space for God to do what we've been asking him to do? What if it's an opportunity for us to become new? Instead of asking God to do a new thing, what if God is doing a new thing? We're just not ready for it. What if this is an opportunity for us to change? We keep asking, God, would you change? God's like, I'm, at, I'm trying to change you. God, would you? He's like, I, I already did. I sent my son 2,000 years ago. I'm waiting on you. Whew. So God, help me discover what I need to do in this time to take on the new. So that your blessings don't become problems because I'm unprepared. We stand on your feet with me today. I think, I think if you're awake, I think you can sense that God is up to something. And so much of the noise we hear in the earth right now is a distraction. It's to get our attention off of what God is actually doing. Because God doesn't bless people's agenda. God only blesses His agenda. And so when I'm watching what's happening in the earth, what I don't want to do is get caught up in in the flow of where everybody is going and what everybody is saying. What I want to do is I want to turn my attention to God. I I know there's a lot of noise out there. I know there's, but, but God, I want to take this opportunity to make sure I'm doing what you want me to do. 
I know my friends are going this way, and I know people are saying this, and I know people are doing this, but God, I don't want to do it just because everybody else is doing it. Even if it's a hard thing, God, speak to me about what you are doing, because I want to follow, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Be very, very cautious that you don't attach your life, that you don't attach your life to a bandwagon right now. I'm going to jump on this one. I'm going to jump on this one. I'm going to jump into this one. No, no, no. God has allowed all of this slowdown to happen so that we can reflect on him. So that we can renew our strength in our minds. So that we can retrain our focus on him. On him. And until he becomes the center of your world, I wouldn't move in any direction. Because you might find yourself in a year or two years from now connecting yourself to something that God wasn't in. And you're heartbreaking over relationships you lost over friendships you neglected, over hills that you were trying to conquer, and God wasn't even there. We wait on the Lord so that we can know what the Lord is doing. And don't just assume that you know. Take the posture that says, God, I know there's a lot of noise, and I know my friends, and I know I, I hear all of it, but God... I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. There's nothing wrong with waiting on God. There's nothing wrong with being still and waiting for God to speak. There's nothing wrong on waiting for God to open a door or to give you direction. It's not a lack of faith. It's not a lack of initiative. It's not, it's not a lack of ambition to, to say, hey, I, I'll catch up. I just don't think it's time for me to run right now. I think it's time for me to wait. I'll catch up. You go ahead and fly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord right now. And can I tell you, this is, a, this is a season not to fly off at the mouth. Not to run with the first report you hear because you don't know what the truth is from the media anymore. This is a time to sit and wait on the Lord. You should just take your Bible and you should just sit on it every now and then. Just sit down. Just I'm going to wait right here on this word. I'm going to wait right here on this word. I'm not going to say it because I feel like saying it. I'm not going to say it because they said it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take off running right now. I'm going to sit And I'm going to wait for God to speak into my life. And then when I hear God clearly speak, and God is okay if you say, was that really you? Prove it. Show me. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I'm going to just sit here and wait until I know this is your direction. If anyone or anything is making you feel rushed right now, like you have, that's not God. 
Jesus said, I'll get there when I get there because I've got the power of life and death in my tongue. And even if they're dead when I get there, I'll just speak to it and raise it from the dead. So I'm not going to run around for nobody. All right. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to let my life be guided by his word and not my emotions. I'm going to let my life be guided by conviction and not my feelings. Come on, man. Come on, ladies. We need this. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to sit in your word. Help us to sit there to to reflect on your goodness and your greatness. To renew our strength. The Bible says that I called on you when I was in trouble and you gave me energy. You helped me and you gave me, you energized me. I don't want to do anything that I feel rushed to do. I only want to do the things that I feel energized by the Spirit's power to do. If the Spirit's not on it, I don't need to say it. If the Spirit of God isn't on it, I don't need to do it. If you're not going, we're not going. So we wait. Patiently wait. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody in the room who agrees, you can say amen. Amen. We wait on you, Jesus. Amen. Today we've got baptism.